Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. Ace Podcast. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On today's episode, we're talking a Black Widow movie. Did Ubisoft learn their lesson? Nintendo's 2018 Outlook? And should you care about Edward Norton's Hulk movie? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. Hello, everyone. We are back once again. It is the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you listening to us out there in, well, all the vastness of space and time and reality and all that great stuff. We just appreciate you listening to the broadcast here today. And of course, he is back once again. It's Josh Peterson. What's going on, my friend? Oh, you know, just uh, doing that that late night podcast, and I was listening to uh, there, there's a new station on satellite radio, and they have we're playing all these old songs, so I'm just kind of like cruising through, you know, my 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 high school music albums. So I'm, I'm feeling nostalgic tonight, you know. It would be great if SiriusXM picked us up as well. That would be awesome to hear the pop culture cosmos and humanity media on SiriusXM satellite radio. What would our channel be called? It would be called... Um, Just listen to us, please. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. I mean, it doesn't sound desperate, but it sounds like it, it's, it could be interesting, you know? Fair enough. But we also got some more great additions. Some great radio stations have picked us up already and beating Sirius XM to the punch. Want to thank and welcome the Cutting Edge Radio Network their good talk radio station now has us on every Sunday. Back-to-back episodes of the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse are now on every Sunday night on Good Talk Radio. You want to check that out as part of the Cutting Edge Radio Network. We're also going to be on the Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting Network. So please, uh, if you're in that area and you if you're a big fan of their network online, you can now catch our show there too. And we'll be sharing the days and times upcoming in the near future when that's going to happen with them. And we are back on anchor.fm. Our full shows are actually going to be uploaded every Monday and Friday to anchor.fm. If you're a big anchor fan, you're going to be listening to the pop culture cosmos and PCC multiverse there. It does get broken up. So I will let you know into about four, five, six pieces or so, but you can listen to it if you are a big Anchor fan and and you like that radio station format they have there, the Pop Culture Cosmos and PCC Multiverse, and even Humanica Media will be there as well. 
We've got a great show coming up for you today. We've got a lot to talk about, including a new Black Widow movie. Who called it? Me. I know. I have been for quite some time now. It is now kind of getting closer to fruition. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Plus also as well, Ubisoft is added again. Their affection for Assassin's Creed knows no bounds. And we'll explain more why that may not be such a good thing coming up later in the show. Also as well, we're going to be talking about Nintendo's 2018 Outlook. A lot of great games and a lot of great things coming up for Nintendo. Now that right now they are the big boy on the block, they're number one right now on the marketplace with the Nintendo Switch. And we're going to talk about exactly what we are looking forward to with Nintendo. And then also as well, later on in the show, we're going to close it out with our thoughts on Edward Norton's Hulk movie from 2008 and ask, is it really all that important to the MCU? Should you go back and watch it? Should you even watch it in the first place if you missed it already? And Or should you even care that it even exists within the MCU? We're going to talk about that movie and a whole lot more on today's episode. But Josh, did I call it or did I call it when it comes to a proposed Black Widow movie? Looks like it may be kind of green-lighted as, well, Marvel, Kevin Feige, and and... Uh, the powers that be, they've they've gone together and said, maybe we're thinking about a Black Widow movie. They've attached a writer to write a script for the actual Black Widow movie. So it is getting one step closer. It's not part of a schedule as yet, but what are your thoughts on Black Widow? Possibly, maybe, hopefully, as someone who has wanted it for quite some time, coming to fruition as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If they were to make it like a Captain America Winter Soldier type film, I think it'd be awesome because like pull her out of the uh the supernatural stuff for a bit and just let her be uh you know let her be who she is. Like that would be cool and I love how and you know I'm not necessarily saying it has to have a man to balance it out, but it would be fun to see her with Bucky uh in in some manner doing something. Well, I think it would be more with Hawkeye. Uh, and I know if we've yeah, talked about yeah. this way in the distant past about possibly reigniting maybe the scenario regarding Budapest that was briefly mentioned in the Avengers movie and then talking, uh, you know, maybe circling a story around that because fans would be somewhat familiar with that concept or placing it somewhere in the recent past or even the distant past because if she gets killed off in the Avengers Infinity War, either one or two, it still could come to fruition as far as telling a story from the past about how she came to be. Yeah, and they kind of did that in Age of Ultron, but like even to just have a an elaboration on her, how like she met Hawkeye, you're right. That that'd be a really cool movie. What I'm really what I like about this is that Marvel is the only company like or big studio out there that is being proactive about the um you know like women in hollywood and kind of answering back at the uh, sexual harassment stuff and the women being mistreated and uh yeah it's it good good for them um i just i hope the writing's good i don't want to see like a one of those movies where it's um you know i, I don't want to i don't know how to phrase this without sounding bad but like you know diversity for the sake of diversity you know how they have a lot of those movies out there uh, so I would want like the writing on this to be good. It has the potential for a great story, but I just hope that it doesn't feel rushed just to uh, appeal to a moment, you know? And that's something we've talked about before. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. You don't want to rush it down. You don't want to just put 
it out there as something hey look at us we're being diverse we're, we're having a a female lead character on screen in our universe hey hey and then also as well captain marvel coming out hey hey look at us we're we're the bomb no i i i don't think they'll do that and it's just great to see that they're actually finally getting some sense as i've talked about pretty much since we've started the pop culture cosmos in fact even before when we were doing game source episodes i was talking about a black widow movie needing to happen because i thought the way she's portrayed that character has been really strong and a lot of individuals i i I, i'll go on record again uh, i'm the father of two awesome daughters and they both look up to her character and in fact if it wasn't for her character in the avengers that it really just it wouldn't actually i don't think my girls would be really fans today of it but they saw her in that scene where she's uh getting on to the shintari glider and and she's about ready to fly it and she's controlling it and she seizes command and all that and she's battling the forces of loki and all that and they saw that and that's what really got them into the marvel cinematic universe and from there it's like we have to watch all the back episodes, watch all the back films, watch everything that's coming. They are huge Marvel Cinematic Universe fans. Uh, that, that gets attributed to Black Widow for my girls. And I know there's a lot of other ladies, young ladies, and also young men everywhere that have grown up with the Black Widow character from Iron Man 2 on and, and that they appreciate her character a whole lot. And I think it actually would do very, very well and very strong at the box office. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, this is a good, like I said, it's a good time for it. Just write it correctly. Don't rush it out to hit a certain moment or a, uh, you know, group of people, you know, I see it as a, a decent standalone story, but you know, who, who knows? Uh, yeah, no, it, this, it's good. I'm excited to hear it. Um, I hope they make an announcement soon just to kind of uh, put that into make it more concrete. But yeah, I mean, even like I, you know, though she's not labeled as a princess, I kind of look at her like as a uh, kind of bad A Disney princess as far as uh, Black Widow goes, you know. One that could really just do a number on you with those, you know, those widow shockers, you know, just like right on you. Uh, I know, oh, yeah. Exactly. Or just like taking you out at the kneecap right there. Yeah, like the security guards from Iron Man 2, man. They can attest to that. Exactly, exactly. Uh, well, John, well, you know, John Favreau is still fighting that one guy, I'm sure, right now, If after all that. Be that as it may, we're just really excited for Black Widow movie to come out. I hope it does come to fruition. I hope they do get something going with the script and that Jack Schaefer who has been signed on to write the script according to variety is just really going to going to get this thing going with a great script a great screenplay and get this thing going with a good director and into the Marvel Cinematic Universe post Infinity War number two or whatever is being called the 2019 movie at this point in time. We don't know yet, so we'll have to wait to see on that one. But I'm just so excited that finally something is being done, at least in regards to Black Widow and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Even if her character does get killed in the 2018 or 2019 Avengers film, at least they won't kill off her character entirely and that they'll actually 
give her the proper respect she's doing she's due because of all the great things she's done over the years with the black widow character what are your thoughts on black widow the movie are you excited that it might happen are you are you really you know intrigued now that a writer has been tapped to at least write a screenplay and write a script to see how it might be fleshed out are you excited for it to become a, a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or do you even really care at all? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, also as well, Humanica Media, Pop Culture Cosmos, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. Well, like I said, it's going to be an outstanding episode we have for you today. We've got a lot to talk about, including Ubisoft, Nintendo, and also as well, once again, we're going to be touching on Marvel as we break down on our upcoming episodes leading into Black Panther. We're not going to just wait for the Infinity War. No, we're going to be breaking down all the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as it gets closer to Black Panther, one of our movies that we're really excited for in 2018. We're going to be doing that with Edward Norton's Hulk movie from 2008 and ask, is it really that important to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Should you really go back and watch it? We're going to ask those questions later on the program. It's going to be definitely a great show indeed. But first, I'll ask you, Josh, what song from Hyperschmidt do you think we should put on today's episode? It is Fighting Eyes. So Josh chooses Fighting Eyes. So here it is from our good friend Chad and Hyperschmidt. And you can catch all of his songs today on the Hyperschmidt channel on YouTube. This is Fighting Eyes, and this is the Pop Culture Cosmos.
You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmos show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Every week on the Podcast Radio Network and Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. Josh, I know you got a great thing going on with your awesome channel known as Humanica Media. And you've got podcasts like just flying right and left at everyone out there in Humanica Media land. So what truly is going on with your great thing called Humanica Media? Let's see. There's a new uh, Inside Sports will be up next week and tune into a new Topicocalypse. The following week, I'll have a brand new episode of What About This? If you want to catch last week's episode, it's up on Podbean, iTunes, the, and the, all the usual suspects. Uh, and I hear we're going back up on Podcast Radio Network here soon. Am I? Is that correct? That is correct. We want to make a big shout out to John Sweeney Jr., our good friend who runs the Podcast Radio Network, because this show, we are back, and we are back strong again on the Podcast Radio Network. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast. And I'll tell you what, not only is the Pop Culture Cosmos show back on and back stronger than ever on the Podcast Radio Network, but Attack of the Humanicans and the PCC Multiverse are also back on the air as well. Check your listings. I think you are, if I remember correctly, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, every Tuesday on the Podcast Radio Network. And on Fridays, the PCC Multiverse as well. But I think you're on 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Podcast Radio Network every Tuesday night. Yeah, that sounds right. Fair enough, indeed. And again, check out all of Humanica Media's great stuff that's going on, including all the stuff that comes down the pike with their new and current episodes of all their famous podcasts on Podbean, YouTube, also as well, Apple Podcasts, and so many other great podcasting outlets. So Josh, let me ask you a question. If you were Ubisoft and you just, you know, you had this strong affection for Assassin's Creed ever since the first one came out in 2007 and you just beat it into the ground because you produced an Assassin's Creed game year after year after year after year. And you finally, after what, six, seven years, finally decided maybe we should take a year off or some time off to maybe reevaluate and reinvigorate the Assassin's Creed franchise. They, of course, you and a lot of other people thought that the latest edition of the Assassin's Creed franchise 
Assassin's Creed Origins was a very, very good, a very solid, very, very good game. And things were going great, waiting for some DLC, waiting for some good stuff to happen. Then all of a sudden, Ubisoft, not remembering from past mistakes about bringing out too much Assassin's Creed, just recently announced a new Assassin's Creed remake. And this one is going to be a remake of one of their better versions of their games. And it's Assassin's Creed Rogue. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't I mean I don't know if I would go as far as to say like a better version of their game. If I were them, I would have released a you know how they did the Ezio trilogy? Yes. If they're going to remaster anything, I would remaster the Conway uh, or the uh, Kenway trilogy. So you'd have your Assassin's Creed 3, uh, Black Flag, and then uh, Rogue is actually part of that that trilogy. But yeah, Rogue is one of those ones. It, it was kind of mirrored by the, uh, the console jump. So it came out at the same time as I want to say Unity did. No, Black Flag. It, it was. No, I think it was right around uh, Unity. Because the guy in Rogue is responsible for killing Arno's father in Unity. So it Rogue leads right up into Unity. That's, it's kind of a weird title to be remastering. I think that they, maybe they got, they took a hit with not having a game come out last year, but... Well, no, they did come out with a game last year. It was called Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah, no, but I mean, before that, they took the they took that gap year and they oh, had, 20, 2016, Yeah, maybe that was when the Ezio trilogy came out. So maybe they they are going to take another year off, but they're just trying to put something out in the meantime. But no, that's that's really soon, March. That's correct, March. Uh, the end of March, we are looking to have Assassin's Creed Rogue remastered appear on retail shelves. Uh, I think it's just way too soon. I think er they're not even letting Assassin's Creed Origins time to breathe and be able to develop and have some legs as a game that will stand up on its own and as a way of reinvigorating the Assassin's Creed franchise. And I think a lot of the goodwill that Ubisoft has because of Assassin's Creed Origins is maybe not going to stay with them because there's just going to be too much Assassin's Creed brought out in way too short of a time span. Yeah, well, I mean, you you read and listened to my review of Assassin's Creed. So, yeah, it, it's, you know, Rogue is not like a title that I would see selling a whole lot. So maybe it's just something they had on the back burner and they're finally getting ready to put it out. But, yeah, Origins has hardly had time to uh, kind of settle in the minds of gamers and the ending was just awful in that game so i mean i was hoping to see some dlc that might rectify some of that stuff but yeah i mean i'm i'm predicting that we're not going to see another mainline assassin's creed entry uh you know at least for a couple years but maybe they're going to put rogue out and maybe they have some other they're just trying to get all their uh back catalog onto current gen consoles yeah i, I don't i don't really know like i mean i don't see how this could hurt them but i just see how it could bring that fatigue back that gamers were experiencing I think it will. I mean, I think it just sends too much confusion out into the marketplace again, like they had once before with, is this the latest Assassin's Creed or is this the Assassin's Creed that came out last year in 2017? Uh, is this the most current one or, or oh, it's not, it's a remastered. Uh, it, I think it just sends too much confusion into the marketplace. And I think it becomes a situation where 
sales of the remastered rogue version will suffer because of it and they're just putting it out there to put out there all right whatever but i i I would advise against it if they're not bringing out an assassin's creed edition or new iteration of the assassin's creed series this year i would have saved rogue remastered for maybe like a holiday title so maybe get some extra sales right around then to get you know people just buying that that want to buy Assassin's Creed games right around that time. I, th- I thought that would be a better time for it, but that's just me. What would you be thinking if that's the case? I mean, should they have waited till later in the year to release Rogue Remastered? Well, see, that's what makes me wonder. Like, if they're releasing it in the spring, what do they have planned? Because they, they have to have something planned for the holidays, whether it's some kind of remaster or, you know, a one-off title. But, like, if they're releasing this in March, there's definitely something that they're planning on putting out next holiday season. So that's just, that's the question right now is what is it? Is it going to be a an expansion for Assassin's Creed Origins? Is it going to be, you know, Kenway uh, Trilogy Remastered or maybe the first one remastered? Who knows? But if they're releasing something in March, they ha- it probably means more more than likely they have something coming out during the holidays next year or this year. I agree with you on that. But for me, it still just seems to me too soon for another Assassin's Creed edition of any kind. I think they should have let our origins try and and get some breathing room, get some legs in there. But by bringing it out so soon, it tells me that there is something in the works for the Assassin's Creed series coming up later this holiday season. And that Rogue Remastered, they're just looking to get bonus sales and they're not looking to get much more out of it at Ubisoft. So we'll have to wait and see. But Rogue Remastered, uh, a very, very solid game that looks to be getting a remastered. But maybe maybe it was just a little bit too soon. And I think right now we're kind of getting worried about Ubisoft not learning from its mistakes from before and just bring out too much Assassin's Creed in too short of a time what are your thoughts on assassin's creed the series with origins coming out very very strongly in reviews and very very decently in sales then now coming out with assassin's creed rogue remastered do you think it's too much ac for you is it too much or is it not enough or do you like it just the way it is with a lot of assassin's creed floating around all over the place and remastered versions on the left and new iterations on the right if that's what you like let us know if that's what you don't like let us know as well popculturecosmos at yahoo.com also as well popculturecosmos humanica media and game source on facebook and twitter as well you gotta ask yourself one question punk what the hell is a cigar nerd welcome to the cigar nerds podcast it's the only show where two guys smoke cigars and talk about nerd culture do you like movies Games, comics, sci-fi, pop culture, and beer? Do you like science, nerd news, explosions for no apparent reason? Then this is the show for you. It's like being in a nerdy cigar shop, but for your ears. Check us out at CigarNerdPodcast.com. Super. Super. BS.
Hey gang, Frank here. I'm doing something special today. I recently completed Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus, and I wrote a review. I want to share it with you. Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus is a game I expected to dislike. I did not like Wolfenstein The New Order. I thought the story wasn't interesting, and I thought the gameplay was repetitive, boring, and way too unforgiving. So, when heaps of praise were laid at the feet of Wolfenstein 2, I was originally skeptical. Then, after seeing it on sale, I decided I should take the plunge. I'd already heard about the incredible story and how brilliant all the moments were the machine games had crafted. I just didn't think they would nail the combat. I had heard about how difficult most of the game was, so I decided to play it on casual, also known as Don't Hurt Me. Thankfully, this was an excellent decision. The combat was challenging enough, but I also felt powerful when dual-wielding shotguns and machine guns. The glee that I found while running through corridors blasting away dozens of Nazis in a matter of seconds was something that I haven't felt in a shooter for years. The recent Doom, also published by Bethesda, never captured that feeling, at least not for me. Sure, the combat felt good in that game, but I didn't have as much fun as I had decimating all these Nazis. Now, parts of this review may sound like a defense against what other critics disliked. That is because I want to let those who are out there and enjoy the combat know that they are not alone, and that is a totally valid opinion to have. Overall, this was a game that I expected to trash and put up with to get to spectacular moments, but it ended up being a game where I was as excited to play it as I was to see the story. It's made me a believer in this franchise, and I cannot wait for Wolfenstein 3. I give it 90 dead Nazis over 100 grenades. Oh, yeah. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. This year, we're set to release Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull drops this year and is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos show. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. Josh, you specifically wanted to break down the year 2018 for each of the major console makers. So I'll tell you what, this is a great time to break down Nintendo's future this year in 2018. At this point right now, they're the king of the hill when it comes to console sales with a, well, we reported on a most recent podcast that Nintendo sales have reached 5 million strong as far as here in the U.S. and is outpacing every other console at this point in time in console sales history. So I ask you, Josh, 
what are some of the games that you're looking forward to with your Nintendo Switch this year in 2018? What I like about what Nintendo is doing is that you know, back when the Wii came out, it almost was, you know, we we're trying to catch up on all the major titles as they came out, but it was almost overwhelming the amount of games and, uh, you know, the, I guess, indie developers that were coming out with stuff. What's nice about this is, yeah, they're releasing indie titles. Well, also Shovelware as well. When Shovelware, Shovelware yeah. really became a problem with the Wii. Oh, yeah, they were, that was, they were terrible with that. But like, they're remedying they remedied that with the switch what i like is that you know you can purchase all the indie stuff coming out on the marketplace but they're not creating physical copies of a lot of this stuff so you can go into gamestop or target and just see it all nice and organized and it's not like you know there's not hundreds of games to pick from there's like maybe 20 or 30. they're they're being organized this time around and i'm excited to play like lost fear just came out i want to jump on that they got dragon quest Bayonetta 2, uh, Payday, Kirby Star, they're remastering Donkey Kong, Jungle Freeze, uh, Hyrule Warriors. I know a lot of the, the stuff coming out is uh, it's remasters, but it's still nice to be able to play it, though, you know? Um, you know, there's a couple others. There was, I don't know, like, if we're going to be seeing, they're talking about, uh, like, the new Pokemon games. I don't know if we're going to be able to be seeing those before the holidays, uh, before 2018 is over, but just knowing that that stuff's on the horizon is really cool. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm super excited to actually be able to play. Cause you know, I just finished Wolfenstein. I'm really excited to be able to play Wolfenstein two on switch when it comes out. I'm looking at what else they got coming out here. There's a, uh, Shovel Knight was a, they have another sequel to Shovel Knight and they're talking about they don't really they haven't really given a release date for um what was it the uh new Metroid game but you know just knowing that that's coming out knowing that Nintendo has a plan to carry on some of these great franchises that people know and love and then you know Bayonetta 3 and uh what was the other one it was uh No More Heroes 2 those look interesting and um, you know they're being smart with their Nintendo Directs too, so I'm I'm sure we're going to be seeing more things come rolling out in the coming months. What we can expect, uh, you know, as the months lead up to E3 and then eventually into the holidays. But are, is there anything coming out from Nintendo that you or anything you would like to see come out from Nintendo, or anything that you're actually excited to kind of jump into? Well, first off, it's really cool that they had a surprise Nintendo Mini Direct the other day. I thought that was really very cool of them to keep refreshing in the fans' minds and also a very smart move by them by doing so. Uh, I don't see PlayStation and Xbox doing that right now in the month of January. They're pretty much letting it be a quiet month for them. Nintendo wasn't sitting still, wasn't going ahead and just, you know, taking everything in and just saying, hey, we're just going to be cruising right right along with our, with our sales of, of Nintendo Switches and whatnot. We're going to keep telling everybody why Nintendo Switch is the best platform out there right now, according to Nintendo. And they show it by doing that mini direct and, and games like Kirby Star Allies, the new Mario Tennis coming up. Also, as well, the reimagining of Dark Souls Remastered coming out on let, let, me, let me ask you about that. Are you Are you actually excited to play that? I remember liking the game, but it was the most punishing video game I have ever played. And I fear for what will happen to my Nintendo Switch if I played that game again. Well, look at what that game did. Look what the, look at what that game spawned off. I mean, 
so not only you know success of dark souls 2 dark souls 3 and all that but bloodborne and that basically it it was it basically it said to gamers out there that it was okay to be punished that it was okay to be beaten down that it was okay to try and overcome these overwhelming challenges within video games and dark souls being i don't want to say the originator of it because there's been hard games before but really the one that has popularized these type of game mechanics in today's console market you could pretty much point to dark souls and say that was one of the key games to do so it, it's good to see it getting some love and being remastered and put not only on a switch but also other platforms as well and i, I think it's a good thing to come back out it was very tough when i gave it a try and i know i put the controller down right away when i after trying it just for a brief amount of time but you know what if it comes back out on the switch and ps4 and xbox one i may give it a try on the switch and as as far as a lot of other games go i mean the switch is now the hot thing and i'm sure come e3 time you're going to hear a uh, just a plethora of games that are coming out for it because you know how developers are they jump on that hot train really fast once they see the sales and everybody was on ps4 when ps4 was the king of the hill everybody was eh, okay on xbox one but ps4 was really really getting them in and getting those exclusives and getting all that great those great games to to their console now the nintendo switch is on top you're starting to see that tide turn towards nintendo and all these games like you said wolfenstein 2 the new colossus obviously bethesda is making a big charge into the nintendo switch there's quite a few other games as well being ported over to it. I think it is really going to be a very, very strong year again. You also got Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze coming to the Switch as well. Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. You've got The World Ends With You, a final remix. You're getting a lot of these either new games or reimaginings of these classic games coming to the Nintendo Switch, which is just making that inventory even more full and even more attractive to people who don't have the unit as of yet and like we've said on previous podcasts it is not as difficult as it once was to get a wii or or any hot selling nintendo item in the past it should be readily available at this point in time both josh and i have been in and out of stores and seen online and seen nintendo switches readily available so now that it looks like it is not only selling well, but also readily available, it's great to see a lot of new titles from Nintendo Switch coming in 2018 as well. Right, and what I like about them, about Nintendo's, uh, you know, how they're approaching this is that they're, or, or as PlayStation, you know, at their uh, conferences, they get up there and they show you a bunch of videos of stuff that you can expect at some point in the future, whether it's one years, 10 years, whatever. They just, they, they just, they, tease you with all this stuff that you may not see, you know, until you're like 30 case in point, final fantasy, uh, you know, versus 13. How long were we waiting for that one? Well, uh, quite a, quite a bit, but I, I kind of passed 30 a long time ago. So yeah, but was, I, for, me, that, for me, that was the last guardian. I was 13 when they announced final fantasy versus 13. And then it finally came out as final fantasy 15 when I was, 28 so <laughs> or something like that you know it's somewhere in that window but um you know nintendo is only 
you know, giving you projections for stuff that is happening between now and next year. So you kind of have a window of what you can expect, but they don't give you exact dates. And that's why it's so much more exciting when these Nintendo Directs happen because, you know, they, they throw the game out there and then you get super stoked about it because it's, it's sometimes it is what you're hoping it's going to be. Sometimes it's not. So they're being really smart about this and they're building that hype train and I'm on board right now. He is on board, and I'm getting close to being on board. I know, as I've said before in the past with Rob McCallum, I've even said it with you, I was always on the fence when it came to the Wii U. I never actually you know, fell over into it because I always said the major problem with the Wii U and the reason why I wouldn't get a Wii U is that for the price, I didn't think the backlog and inventory of games was all that impressive. And the fact that third-party developers were not getting into the Wii U at all whatsoever. And I thought that was probably one of the reasons for its demise. But hey, the Nintendo Switch has come out, come out strong in sales. And it seems like third-party developers from all over are getting into the Switch. And it's a great thing to see because when Nintendo's a major player in the video game console industry that just makes PlayStation and Xbox work that much harder and complacency goes by the wayside. And then it only benefits not only the developers, the publishers, but most importantly, it benefits the gamers by bringing out great games and great products. So it definitely is a, a very good thing to see. And I definitely see some, Awesome things up ahead in this year in 2018 for Nintendo with a lot of great games. And I'm excited for one of the first times in a long time at E3, whether I go to it or whether I'm watching it at home. I'm very, very excited to see not only what Xbox has coming out, which I'm always excited to see. I'm always excited to see what PlayStation 4 has coming out. I'm always on the fence with Nintendo, but this is one of the first years that I'm actually just full on board, excited to see what Nintendo's coming out with because it is now a great time to be a Switch owner because a lot of great games are coming down the pike. And I know, as Josh will tell you, no longer gathering dust. There's a lot of action and a lot of games right now available for it. And definitely it being a Nintendo Switch owner right now is a great thing to be what are your thoughts on Nintendo's 2018? Are you excited for all the great games coming out? Is there one particular title that you're looking forward to? Or is there a game that you would like to see ported over to it or a game that you would like to see coming to it made by Nintendo? Or you got your fingers crossed that e that they'll announce it at E3 or us, you know, or another upcoming Nintendo Direct. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos. Humanic Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. When we return, we're going to be talking a little bit more in regards to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and where or if you should care about watching The Incredible Hulk again. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. 
Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. Coming off the heels of the internationally acclaimed and award-winning documentary, Missing Mom, we're in the final stages to release Kitty, Origins and Evolutions. Check out this heavy metal biopic that explores the ups and downs of rock and roll for the women in Kitty who blazed a trail in the music industry in the face of unthinkable adversity. Kitty, Origins and Evolutions releases this year from Rob McCallum Films. Set your future on fire. For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, 
head on over to our brand new site, www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford. We just want to thank you so much for being part of the broadcast here today. If for any reason you miss our shows on the Podcast Radio Network every Monday and Friday, or you miss Humanican Media on Tuesday, you could definitely want to check our social media sites on Facebook and also as well Game Source to get the latest information on where to go because there's a lot of great channels that you'll be able to download our shows at any point in time. For instance, for us, the Pop Culture Cosmos and PCC Multiverse, you can download our shows on podcast.com, also as well Podchaser, the ESO Network, the Tangibound Network, Google Play, Stitcher, and over a dozen different streaming podcast networks. And if you do download or stream our podcast from one of those networks, we always throw in a bonus for you, bonus podcast, bonus footage. We always throw in something a little extra just for listening. And speaking of the Gun and Geek Network, which we are also a proud member of, and speaking of the Gun and Geek Network, which you can hear the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse on every single week. We just stream it at any point in time on their great Gun and Geek Network. You can also hear Gamer Public Radio, where they discuss why community involvement matters in your game. They interview a professional QA tester. They talk revival of the Duke controller and a whole lot more. That's Gamer Public Radio right now on one of our great networks, the Gunny Geek Network. Check it out today. Josh, I want to close out the show with our continuing look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What are your impressions with the Incredible Hulk right now, and how important is he to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? The Hulk is, you know, I know he's tied up in, you know, universal contract obligations and all that stuff, but that's one of those movies where it's kind of like, to me, the Incredible Hulk is kind of like the first Thor. I liked it the first time, but the more that I watch it, the less I like it. Because, you know, you, you get attached to Edward Norton as an actor in the film, and then you just kind of think about, like, what Mark Ruffalo has done for the Hulk, and it makes it seem like his his whole performance is kind of pointless. Even the Hulk seems like a different Hulk in the the newer films. But I know it's canon because they have the part with Robert Downey Jr. and, uh, you know, Thunderbolt Ross, and he actually carries his character into Captain America's Civil War. But... Um, you know, pretty much everything that they did story-wise in The Incredible Hulk is just completely undone in the other movies. The only thing that, like, connects them is Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Thunderbolt Ross, so... Although Mark Ruffalo did say he kind of broke Harlem the last time he was in New York. Yeah, and they make references to it, and that... it. So I like it. I like the last the last scene... Uh, not the last... Yeah, I like the last scene in The Incredible Hulk... Uh, but like everything that they built, everything from like the story of abomination to the uh, you know the the leader, how he has the the blood dripping on his head and his brain gets big, all that stuff that they built and started, they can't touch. Universal has the rights are you, to are you all mean the scientists that that happens to. Yeah, he, they call him the lead. He's called the leader, but yeah, because yeah, he becomes or he was supposed to have become something more in a following film. Yeah, yeah, but all that stuff, everything they built, they can't touch. Like that's that's a huge problem. So it makes everything seem kind of pointless. I like the buildup, but 
you know, besides the the con the contractual obligations and the character rights and all that, I don't. I'm not too fond of having the Hulk as a a standalone character. Like, I, I don't think his story is his story and villains are really that interesting enough because it's kind of like the Hulk is kind of like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles of the Marvel universe. You know, they have like awkward, big, bad, bulky bad guys, but like after that, there's not really much of a story besides the you know, the Planet Hulk and uh, Scar Son of Hulk comic runs, World War Hulk and all that stuff. But, you know, he's much better as a as an ensemble character. And uh, like even after Thor Ragnarok, I was much more uh, inclined to actually, you know, like the Hulk, like Mark Ruffalo, like, uh, you know, it, it just kind of uh, I was never really cared about that until they, they develop his character better when they have somebody to help develop it. That's not the Hulk. Well, first off, on that last scene, let's talk about that last scene in the movie, the after credit scene, you know, when Marvels was really getting to just starting to make the after credit scene really something special. Does it seem like to you that it seemed like, okay, they were they asked Samuel L. Jackson originally to do that, and he just couldn't make it that day for whatever reason, so they got Robert Downey Jr. to come in there last second to basically play him? Because it doesn't really fit... Right. Robert Downey Robert Downey Jr. playing that role in that part of the movie because it, it you know he gets kicked out of the Avengers initiative once it's proposed to him by Samuel L. Jackson. But and think about it too. Th think about it this way. In uh you know in Iron Man they never really like he says, "Hey, I'm starting a team." But it just stops. So there's no like uh there's no more introduction to it and then you know, they have Robert Downey Jr. show up in this bar and say, hey, we're forming a team, but he doesn't really know anything about it because there's no information that's been given on it. So it's just, it's, it is a weird cameo and it kind of feels out of place. It just feels like to me that Samuel Jackson should have done it. It makes much more sense. With Robert Downey Jr. doing it, it makes it totally worthless. And really, to me, it just, that after credit scene, really is worthless and it's really not no point watching it or pretty much the entire movie because as long as you know general thunderbolt ross who he is when he comes on in civil war and you know understand who he is in retrospect that's all you need to know otherwise this movie is completely a waste of time and it is probably at or near the bottom of the marvel cinematic universe movies in my opinion you could check out our thoughts not only in past episodes of the pop culture cosmos but our guide to the marvel cinematic universe on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com and so to me when it all comes down to it and you have to put a gun to my head which i hope you don't by the way i would probably have to say of all the movies that you can afford to miss the incredible all of all the movies you can afford to miss the Incredible Hulk from 2008 is probably the one that you can afford to miss the most in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Your final thoughts? If they were to build off of what happened in the movie, then you know, in the uh, the following movies, then yeah, that'd be a different story. I would say, you know, tune in even if you don't like it. It's worth seeing how it happened. But yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing there. It's it's you know besides the, the the references. There's not really a lot of substance there, and it's not really 
worth your time to sit there and watch it. But if you haven't seen it, I would say watch it once. It's worth that one watch. But don't, you know, if you're going back to Marathon to connect the stories, don't even worry about it. Because it really doesn't make any purpose. Like I said, outside of you just acknowledging that General Thunderbolt Ross exists and that you know where he came from when you watch Civil War, then you're good. You're good to go. Otherwise, to me, the whole movie is a waste of time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And unfortunately, it was just what could have been because Mark Ruffalo, I think, okay, let's put this, Edward Norton didn't do such a bad job in the film. The film itself is, it's a little bit lackluster. It's not exactly high up on my list, as I've said before, but it's not that horrible of a movie, but it's just basically not worth your time if you want to try and check out films that relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe or have some semblance of importance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I just think if if you're looking to go ahead and piece together the puzzle before Infinity War or Black Panther, definitely this is the movie you can afford to miss the most. But Mark Ruffalo as well has taken the whole character to a much more humanizing realm then I think Edward Norton or Eric Bana, and both are great actors, but unfortunately either was given enough in the script or, or direction to do so. I think Mark Ruffalo has really taken the Hulk to a much higher level than those two actors did or could ever do in that in their situations. And I really think giving the whole character to Mark Ruffalo is great. And I like you, I don't really want to see him in his own movie. I really like him being featured in all these other movies as well and little bits of hulk to me go a much longer way than an actual entire hulk movie right no i i agree he because he needs he needs another character to help bring out that side of him especially like like what thor did for him in uh ragnarok they helped bring out that uh that human side of the hulk nobody else could have done that we would have never been able to see that happened had he had it been a standalone movie because there's nobody that's powerful enough to sit there and have a conversation and then be able to risk getting punched in the face or something you know exactly josh i couldn't have said it better myself and i'll tell you what it's still going to be great to see what hulk does in the upcoming infinity war and also as well if he survives to go to infinity war number two in 2019 i'm excited to see what's coming up and excited to see where the hulk as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe can go from there. What are your thoughts on the 2008 movie, The Incredible Hulk? Do you think it's a necessary watch within the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Or do you think like we do that if you have to miss one, that this would probably be the one to do so? And do you also think that the tie-ins to the Marvel Cinematic Universe are really not that very well done as well? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook and Twitter as well. So Josh, it's been another great episode. Once again, I want to thank you for being part of the broadcast here today. And again, with all the different places you can check out, please check out our sites on humanity media, on Facebook and Twitter, and also as well, popculturecosmos, so you can get the latest updates on where you'll find us whether it's anchor.fm the good talk radio station on the cutting edge radio network the western reserve digital broadcasting network or thank goodness we are so glad to be back on the podcast radio network or any one of the other great 
networks and stations we're on. We just truly appreciate we being part of them. And also, most importantly, you, the listener, we thank you for listening so much each and every time right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself. A great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. All right. Welcome. What about listeners? Uh, we're back for 2018. We just want to say a quick thank you for listening last year to our our first year. It was a lot of fun. Um, this is sort of a project that we've been thinking about for a while, and so we finally got it up. And we're just a lot. Uh, we're just thankful for you all uh, listening. Um, all right. I'm Keith. It's Travis, and I'm Kyle, and this is producer Josh. Uh, so welcome to What About This episode 13. Today we're going to be talking about um, some of the recent news. Um, last year, there were a lot of celebrities and a lot of really high-profile people that were accused of some really terrible things. Um, and even recently, in the first couple days of 2018, we had a, a fairly famous YouTube personality um, get in trouble for one of his videos. And so the question today uh, that we want to tackle is... Um, what is sort of the responsibility of the viewer or the consumer when it comes to um, approaching the project that those people who have been accused of terrible things were involved in? Um, so a couple of the examples that we're thinking about, like one was last year, Kevin Spacey was accused of sexual harassment. And uh, one of the, his upcoming movies, All the Money in the World, was reshot in like a month to remove him from the project. Another one was Logan Paul, in the first, again, this is a few days ago, was filming in Japan and um, produced a pretty insensitive video. Uh, and so he came out with apologies. He did the apology tour. He did the whole thing. And, and there's some backlash against his work. So the question is, what is our responsibility? What should we be doing with, with these types of uh, things that we, we hear about? Don't everybody talk at once here. Yeah, yeah right? I think. Jump in. I, I I think well let, let me let me flesh let me flesh out and then jump in flesh out a little bit more of wait let, let's if, in case you haven't seen the Logan Paul video do you want to someone want to describe yeah, what it, it was? was you can't it's already taken it's already taken down off of YouTube so don't you can't YouTube it um, basically what it is is they are going to this forest in Japan that is known uh, for people going and committing suicide. I don't know if people really know why. Um, that's that's just it happens to like be a thing there, um, like in this forest. And so they were going originally planning to like spend the night in there because they thought it was going to be like spooky, which it seems like it would be. Um, and they 
as they're walking in, like in the video, it's daytime, and they're walking in, and they probably walk a hundred yards in, not super far, and there is just a body hanging there, <clears throat> and they walk like right up to it. They're filming within like the face is blurred out, but they're filming like like a foot away from him, and they're like, "Oh man, this like must have like just happened," and then the 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 first sense that they do is like you know like this is so sad like you know get help and and these types of things and then it like cuts to almost like like would you say it's like like b-roll or something where they're they're talking and like all of a sudden they're like oh you never like stood next to a dead body before and they're like yeah yeah well he's like he starts out legitimately like panicked about it like he's 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 like oh my gosh i've never seen anything like this and then they cut to the part where he's he becomes the youtuber again almost like outtakes yeah yeah it seems like where they're like they're laughing and kind of like making jokes about it and they're like but then in the laughing they're like no 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 but like it's serious and it just seems very awkward and it's like no 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 we believe you yeah, yeah. like right like it's like they're saying like no 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 but it's serious and you're like everybody else thinks it's serious man like yeah so that's what the video is i think that that's where things like took a turn right there was he because he you know he knew he's going to get views for that and you, you right. put in and, and the, the sad thing is like his audience is it's not people with ethics it's, it's teenagers it's you know <laughs> well, well, here's, well said here's, well, here, here's here's the big part of that too um is i know when when I saw um, the whole thing was Logan Paul, I just happened to be visiting my family, my wife's family in Wisconsin the week before, um, and my nephews that are seven and ten tell me that they watch Logan Paul like every day. Mm-hmm. So that means that like my seven and ten year old nephews potentially saw that video. Yeah. So then. Because obviously he's done the whole, like he's done, he released the apology video and there's going to be some backlash and I don't, old man Keith doesn't know how, like, whether he has sponsors or whatever, like, I don't know what the repercussions for him are going to be. But obviously he's going to lose some sort of influence, revenue, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I'd say, he says he didn't monetize the video, but he monetizes all of his other videos. Right, yeah, that's what I mean. And he, like, sells merchandise and, and he's obviously going to lose people like like you said there's going to be families that find out about that and they're going to keep their kids from seeing his right like a, like absolutely but, so but the thing that. about the celebrity so, world is you reinvent yourself and it really doesn't matter in apologies a part of the culture right right and, it, and we we dismiss it as soon as do you know how much money he made off the apology video over twelve thousand dollars yeah so the question I, the, one of the Check. questions is then so, like, he, so he monetized the apology video right. yeah. I'm sure he did. yeah interesting yeah. so the question is like what are we as viewers supposed to do with this now like are we just gonna I, Travis you were talking about like do we just straight up boycott this person like do we boycott these people who any project that they were ever associated with well, that's do we erase the debate. them from the like? Do we erase them from the past? Like, what do we do? Uh, especially with the the Kevin Spacey thing. Like, he's been in a lot of really great movies, and just I just we just want to make a clarification. Like, we are not talking about whether or not. Like, we obviously all think sexual harassment is a very serious thing. We think that if he is, you know, that we should sort of listen to the people who are accusing and like listen to all that and Absolutely. do all that. The que- so I don't want to say we're setting that aside, but the question is, well, what do we now do with? The, the, the what is our responsibility of, of someone who is part of that? What is our responsibility? Right. And to kind of expand on the, the question is right. is where where do we come in with this whole? Okay, so the Kevin Spacey 
or even politicians and right. uh, what's the uh, filmmaker recently? Harvey, Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein yeah. um, so you go, okay, can I never watch any of their work? Right. Um, should I never watch their work again? Um, is watching their work, is endorsing their work, right. endorsing them, therefore endorsing their behavior? And so what ends up happening is, what ends up happening is, is we get in this debate and this discussion about, well, am I never gonna watch American Beauty again because Kevin Spacey did this? Well, I don't know, should you, should you not? And I think really what we're asking is, is and I think what a lot of people's heart cry is, is stop endorsing these guys because you're perpetuating right. the, these issues with these guys in power and this fame and they end up they end up continuing to jump back into these roles or these positions in life that continue to allow them to perpetuate such things such as sexual harassment right. whatever and so can i enjoy a film some psychopath serial killer made yeah if it's good i can enjoy it i ha you can you can that was a great film mm -hmm. but so that's not really the question right. right we know we can enjoy something that somebody made who did something terrible. And I think we start getting into the fact that um, most people would, you know, they look at somebody's actions, their behavior, and they go, I would never do that. Right. Or we start, we get into the comparison game and we do that stuff. So this isn't a, a way so that uh, we can figure out how we can feel good about ourselves still watching right. those right. films. But the question is, is, um, having to decide that what is right. the responsibility do you boycott it mm -hmm. and does that make sense to do that right. and so that's really i think what we're trying to drive and, out a little bit right, like with that, the logan paul right thing or, like that's what i think about like <clears throat> like for example a movie like like the king's speech where you're like right. dude it's such a great movie like one best picture amazing story it's a Weinstein Company film, Great. so it's like this. So the question is, like, sounds like what you're what you're proposing is. So like, can I not watch the King's Speech anymore? Right. Well, so, then what I think too is is that there are so many more people involved in in putting that film out than just the one guy, Harvey Weinstein. Not to say he wasn't a crucial part of it, and if it weren't for him, it would never have come out. But like then, am I to dismiss everybody else's work? Like it's it's a little bit different with something like Logan Paul, right? Because he's right. a singular entity. He he's is the, the like, driving the only force. Only one who benefits right? from that, right? And oh, I'm sure he has a team and all that. But sure, like it's but like his. Let like, me tis, let me ask like, you this real quick though. Do you think that YouTube celebrities should be held to the same standard as Hollywood celebrities when it comes to that? Uh, well, here's well, do, uh, do you mean when it comes to the repercussions or when it comes to the behavior itself? When it comes to the behavior itself, because these yeah. like YouTube celebrities are really just regular dudes and women that picked up cool. cameras and started doing stuff. Well, but it's but then, just a different, but so just the a question, different medium. So right. then the yeah. question yeah. is, should we hold everybody to that standard yeah, or not? Because then just, yes. Which is, yeah. which is yeah. to the point, which is to the point, and, and before I forget about this, is so much of the debate revolves around <clears throat> monetary gain. Right. right. And that's the bigger problem. The bigger problem is that we start talking about, well, like, look how much money this guy's making off this film. Stop, stop paying him. It seems, I don't it seems think like that's the whole. The money is the whole thing, and that that actually is a bad argument, right? Because it just all it's doing is it is exposing mm -hmm. our highest value in our culture, and even even your question, which you probably didn't really think through, Josh, was <laughs> should they should those celebrities be held to these celebrities? Because but you, the reason you ask like that is because that's exactly how culture is. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how it right. is. Right. And then it goes, no, yeah, of course, because they're human. Right. So 
there aren't lesser humans, but what we do is we give certain people power, and that's why these things continue to perpetuate. It's kind of like right. Noam Chomsky's whole thing on he was going after the misuse of power. Right. And really, that's a huge debate. And so, yeah, if you want to throw in the money thing in there, right. yeah, it has a lot to do with the fact that you continue to give – those who have the most money have the most power. Right. Well, and that, and For the most if, part. And the idea that power is not just simply what we think about maybe, – maybe I would say it politically, right? Where you hold the most influence over someone – by way of law or by way of institution, mm -hmm. power is a much more diffuse problem that this is exposing, obviously, on some level. Um, because here's, I guess, here's the question. And, and these are all, this is all disclaimer, meaning I, I, this is not, I'm not, I don't have any proof of any of this, but let's say like the third key grip on, on the oh. King's speech was also sexual harassing someone. Should we now not watch that movie because of that person was doing it? Like, and but we'll just never find out because that person is a name on the screen that scrolls by at the very end of the movie, right? Is it is and it doesn't mean this doesn't excuse Weinstein's behavior, but it puts it in the question of like, why does his abuse matter more than others? And I think to your point, Travis, is that it's because he was in a position of power that abused people that were. Um, in a in a position to not More vulnerable, yeah, state. vulnerable that to not really be able to defend themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So I think then we're talking about power. If we're talking about that, the real question is not whether he made money off of it, no. but how did he abuse the position he was in to to hold that over people? Well, yeah, because part of the discussion on all in, in all sorts of areas are if you buy the King's speech, you're now putting money back into this. Uh, <coughs> Perpetrator's <coughs> hands, uh, this, this guy's bank account, mm -hmm. and you're going to continue to fund his his art and his work. So, so and then, but so then, the, if we if that's the case, then say he's removed from all of it, he will never make another dime from these movies. Then what, right? Do we still feel like we're endorsing that behavior by watching something he was a part of? I think I think it becomes really complex because it's like at what what is the point at which that person has been removed far enough from it? The, the power that he abused to, to begin with, the money that he's going to make from it, all that stuff. At what is the point where, where, the, where is, is there, and this is, I think, for me, an interesting question. Where's um, the line? Where is the separation line between art and artist? I, I think the thing with Weinstein is complicated, though, because like he, he defined a, a, the, an entire era of movies. Like If you were to watch no Weinstein incorporated movies, like the 90s would not have even existed, pretty much. So... <laughs> Like even someone like Kevin Smith came out and said like, hey, I'm sorry, I know like Weinstein funded all these films I made, Clerks and Mallrats and all that, so I'm going to be giving proceeds from my profits from my movies to, uh, you know, abuse organizations and people right. who have uh, suffered like that. But like it's hard to boycott and in, like, like you said, it's hard to boycott someone who, because a producer is head over everything. Right. So like if you boycott a producer, then like the, you might, there's nothing to watch. Right. Well, not only that, but then you're boycotting some really good people and artists that like produce some really yeah, important yeah, work. Well, that like that's right. Like it's pushing pushing boundaries of, of conversations that we want to have. Yeah. So, so but it's, well, it's, it's a hard. It's, so so the thing is though the the pushback would be would be okay. So producer or people, right? And so right. you go who no. because because producers give me art and I can't think. And go outside 
I think my own thought, I need to sit in front of a TV. And so like the pushback would be like, whoa, 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 so hold on. So then therefore it's okay, right? This is gonna be the pushback. Right, right. And so we yeah. go, so I think it's no. So I, I think the, that's why it's about, hey, this has to stop. This position has to, right. this position has to be carefully, it's like you need a board <laughs> to, yeah. to, make, to make sure this lunatic guy that, because that's what happens but no, with but power here's the, position. Here's the real problem with that is that what we re, the real problem with the Weinstein thing, not the real problem, but one of the other real problems was it wasn't just that he was doing it, it's that he had a whole team around him covering it up and, and making sure he could keep doing it so he could keep making the money. So there was a whole bunch of people covering it up for him, like that knew about it. It was called, several people, have, you know, lots of people call it the open secret in Hollywood that Weinstein was abusing women. So it's like, yes, you need a board, but what happens when the board is complicit? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because they're also gay from it. That's why there's no, uh, what is it, in, in any sort of like research, because there's such a desperation to get it uh, published and everything right. and that to skew the results. The, the people who check the results aren't in the same field right. because if it's full of a bunch of scientists, those scientists go, yeah, 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 yeah. And instead they could bring out outsiders and go, no, that's not what it says. Right. That's not what it does. Right. And so it's this real, this, it's accountability. But even to tur turn around and say, I'm gonna give a bunch of my money to abuse organizations is that's not gonna help either if he's not changed, if he, he has to change. You know what I'm saying is right. is I, I think I don't know if, he, if they were saying if he would do that or no it Kevin was Smith Kevin Smith because Weinstein produced like most of his movies so not he wasn't saying that Weinstein would give the money Kevin Smith was saying any money he made from those movies that Weinstein produced would be going towards those orders. oh so okay so he so, was kind of in so some he was saying like this is what I I I I was even if I didn't know about it even if I wasn't like protect like protecting him I was in some way complicit because he made movies for me okay. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure the money from those movies doesn't go to me. It goes to organization that helps people. Abuse. Okay, so that that that's the guy that goes. It, we made the we made the art piece. Right, right. And I'm saddened by this. How can I even though say I didn't do anything? Because right. he's recognizing that obviously he's still gonna make money off of it because people are still gonna right. keep watching. Yeah, yeah. Here's well, okay. Here's, what, here's my last my last thing before you jump in is is the problem that we all face is it's always going it because it's a, it's a matter of ethics that also mm -hmm. we're talking about ethics right now right. Right. is as long as i can justify watching it in my head i can justify you know i'm saying mm -hmm. if i can yeah. distance myself from what this person did because my desire to watch or to listen or to whatever endorse this because right. i for some reason can't let this movie go mm -hmm. what we end up doing is we distance ourselves from that person and we start to we convince ourselves that it's okay because I want to. So it becomes a matter right. of, of, well, I want to do that so I can look the other way. Right. And so that is a central mm -hmm. like issue within this topic sure. is people pick and choose the same way, you know, it's the, oh, it's family. Oh, it's family. Right. Like, well, that's interesting because like, all of a sudden you're in the mob now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here's, what I've been, here's what I've been wondering throughout this whole, as I've been seeing all these allegations come up and then through the allegations all these boycotts um and not that it is not an appropriate response i think uh but here's i guess here's the question i've wondered i'm trying to make sure i say this the right way um why 
why this issue? Why was simply this issue the means or the vehicle for boycott? And what I mean by that is, um, and not to not to go to like nail on the head, but for how many generations have we had like artists putting out music that is like super profane and super derogatory and super violent and super, I mean, like you could call it unwholesome. Right. And it's more ne- degrading. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, like really like rough, like towards women or like we have, I mean, it, it, if we're being honest, it's hip hop is what is talking the most about like violence and thing and things like that and, right. and drug use. And, but we, well, they're the mo- I would say that I would only say this. They're the most explicit. I sure. Mean, that's what, roll right, 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 right. And I'm not, and I'm not, that's why I was like, I'm not going to sit here yeah. and be like, it's right. rap music. No, right. it's like right. all kinds of music. <clears throat> right. But of course that's like the first thing you think of. Right. Of course. Um, and, and so I go, but like, for example, like this is going to really like date me, I guess. <laughs> nice. Um, like 50 Cent was talking about right. that. Like, I remember, dude, I had the album Get Rich or right. Die Trying. And, like, there was a song on there that the whole beat was a gun cocking and shooting. And it was all about how, like, like the line yeah. of the song was, like, catch you, catch you slipping, I'm going to kill you. And I remember yeah. being, like, a 13-year-old and being like, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and, like, and he was, like, dis- yeah. <laughs> but, like, the whole song is him, like, describing, like, how he's going to kill these people. So- and then, but then... He made four more albums, and we all bought them. So like, this you becomes, know what I mean? yeah. So this hits. This starts to hit home a lot closer to what I do. Um, so I, the, some of the books I teach are old. Mm-hmm. So I teach. I teach books from pre Civil War America regularly. What do I Is that do? like Goosebumps and Harry Potter? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, R.L. Stein. Say oh. cheese. <laughs> say cheese and die, Josh. Yeah. Dude, yeah. don't even. You guys don't know about goosebumps. Um, <laughs> Future episode, Kyle. Yeah, fine. You're right. I don't. I was reading real books as a kid. <laughs> R.L. Stein probably heard you say that. Um, so, so I, I, you know, you deal with books that regularly deal with attitudes, racial, atti- racist attitudes, like that. That the attitude of not just the book, but I know for a fact the author towards African Americans is horrible. Yeah. But the book is exquisitely written and it's it's part of one of the greatest you know it's part of the great literary tradition of our country what do i do with that and i have this conversation regularly with my students but how do i separate that even someone like mark twain who is a little bit more for his time progressive and huckleberry finn and all that but like still but not all the way not all the way (laughs) not in a way that we would consider appropriate now and you see people like banning it or not wanting to read it but the question is like at what point do i when i'm going back and i for my students to be literate in American literature, they, they need to read some of these books, as difficult as they are to read sometimes. It's like, at what point do we start to do, do and I don't want to say like our values, but our ethics today influence what and how we and who we read before. So yeah, 50 Cent, said in the most white way possible. 50 Cent. <laughs> 50 yeah, so like, yeah, so back then, it, we didn't maybe have the awareness or we didn't think about it as much as we do now. Mm-hmm. But 100 years ago, 150 years ago, how do, what do we do with this information now when we find out not just that the art itself is the problem, but the artist is the problem? Classic example, I am a huge fan of Hemingway. He was a raging alcoholic, mm-hmm. a terrible misogynist, 
likely a racist, right? Yeah. So it's like, but his work is beautiful, even though it contains those elements in that. I can read it. When I'm reading his book, I'm not like, yeah, this is fine. I'm like, no, no, that's, you should not treat a woman that way. Yes. Um, but I so, still enjoy it. And I not just enjoy it, but I, sometimes I teach it. Should I stop teaching it? Should I just erase him from my syllabus? Well, let, and, let me, oh, real quick, let me ask you this. Do you think that all, uh, like, brilliant minds are prone to some sort of madness? Some sort of... Well, uh, I would say... Every, all minds. Yeah, I would yeah. say... Exactly. All right, so here's, so here's what I was going to... A, you bring up the 50 cent, and that's interesting, right? Because... What we do in our head is as long as 50 Cent isn't – each time he cocks again, he actually didn't kill anybody. Right. Right. So it's it's further away. But we also know that is – what that is doing, it is perpetuating a culture. It's definitely influencing. Yeah. Whereas the, the right. Weinstein thing is like it's right there in your face, hands on. We can see it. Okay. <clears throat> right. And, and I, mm -hmm. I guess one of the questions that you just said with perpetuating culture, are we more okay, – like – that, that music was perpetuating a cultural style, right? Mm -hmm. a, a cultural attitude, maybe a stance, right? Yeah. Maybe, well, in, a, maybe, in, but maybe, influencing but, young minds yes, it is, who are but, around uh, certain... Right, but, but Weinstein was promoting an actual physical toxic culture within a company that yes. produced physical, mental, emotional, and psychological mm -hmm. abuse. Mm -hmm. e exactly. And, so, and I'm not saying that... that the music can't produce that. What I'm saying is we have tangible evidence yes. that Weinstein produced that. Exactly. We don't have necessarily tangible evidence. There's a big debate in <coughs> the social sciences, psychology, about influence of like video game violence and music yeah. violence. Like we, there's no way to say that, that there's no correlative. There's no saying like this for sure produces that. Exactly. We have evidence that what Weinstein was doing, not just in his, like, his own behavior, but probably in his company, produced yeah. some pretty toxic things. Let, yes. me, let me walk you guys down a rabbit hole scenario real quick. So say, starving artist, okay, he, looking for his big break, writes a screenplay, and the only person that's going to mm -hmm. buy it is someone like Weinstein, and he's yeah. offering you, you go from having nothing, and he shows you a check for like $2 million. What do you do in that scenario? Well, see, and this is why what Weinstein did was even worse, because he was in a position to do just that. To make you, as a person, compromise your ethics for your money. He was. That was the. That's the real. That's the nature that's, of Hollywood. Because you often buy like. But that's right. That's the real like sickness of what happened. Is that there wasn't. Maybe there wasn't another choice. Maybe he was just throwing money at them. Was he? And the question then becomes: Was he just buying these scripts to make good movies so he could continue to? Well, this is there, there's a, there's a reality to your question, Josh. In in. Hollywood in fashion, in mm -hmm. photography, and all these these guys who become um, like these figures, right? You know they have they have this perceived power, meaning so even a lot of uh, young models, they think these guys will use their power and they'll say you have to sleep with me or I'm gonna ruin right. your career. There's a reason well, the casting couch is a trope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. So you go, well, that, that guy can't ruin your career, but he's, he's playing on your insecurity right. and what you think he can do. And so a lot of times, yes, this is happening, this is happening outside of that, you know, it's like, right. if and you do this in advance, if you do this, right. you know, I'm making an advance right. for an so, advance. So then the pro I think this question gets, gets expanded to like, are we only boycotting someone like Weinstein because we know about it? And that, then that knowledge, to me, I see that and say, well, he can't be the only one. Mm -hmm. And so then mm -hmm. it's like, do I just stop watching movies? Do well, I just stop? 
Bill Burr has a whole thing right. on 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 athletes and do I stop watching football that team because right. that guy just got charged with right. with domestic violence and in the moment everyone puffs up their chest and and slams their hand and I said I will not and you're like no but you do and so there's another there's another I'll I'll throw another thing in there about this discussion is when it comes down, I, there has. I think something has to be done, right? right? So right. that's obvious. Uh, yeah, and then that's where this conversation is coming but, from. But where, but where, but where I think the problem, the problem lies in um, when we look at someone like Weinstein or we any any sort of issue like this. Right. Is, and do we endorse or do we stop watching? Do we never? Right. Do we? Do you never teach Mark Twain? You never right. read Hemingway? Do you never do any of those things? Is, it, it starts to become very foggy for right. me because what you're saying is there's no good in them at all. And you're right. saying that you're all good. Right. And, and so do we, you know, how many people watch um, documentaries? <laughs> he's, he's dead, but on Hitler and, and the Holocaust. Right. And I, I believe the History Channel just changed their name to... The Hitler Channel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. But they had a lot of World War II documentaries like ten years ago. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I don't think that's an original joke. Just to let you know. So yeah, I don't know. You, you heard it here it. first. We're uh, yeah. copywriting it. Tm tm tm. That's how you copyright things. But we we all kind of have this in us. We want to hear about, learn about, right. and mm-hmm. and then you know it's it's like oh if so and so was an adulterer. But he was just an adulterer, so that's fine. I could watch his well, stuff. Yeah. So and so is, you know, he only killed one person. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's again, that's a little bit Kyle to your point. Like, this happens to be a really serious thing, and it also happens to be a very relevant issue now, yes. right? So it's like, and I'm not saying that that, does, that one diminishes the other, but you know, I guess I guess the, the fact that 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 become that's now a thing like oh sexual harassment and awareness of it and and trying to yeah that's that ten years from now hopefully we don't have to deal with it as much but that but then another issue will be more serious so it's like right like I there are other things that people are doing that we're not paying attention to yeah so. like I'm not saying one or the other is like more deserving I'm more asking like why this and not this right you know yeah um, well and the interesting thing and I think this can go back to I'm I'm thinking of an athlete, but it can translate back to, you know, I guess whoever. Uh, but you have like someone like Ray Rice, who is the running back for the Ravens, mm-hmm. uh, who got caught in domestic abuse, like pretty like excommunicated right. from the NFL. Right. No teams will touch him. And so I guess this would go towards like a Kevin Spacey thing as well. And this is like I'm not I'm not thinking one way or the other. I guess I'm posing, asking, yeah. asking the question. Um, so dude, does he never get to play again? And well, like, and like, does, so does Kevin Spacey, like at what point, if ever, does Kevin Spacey get to make another movie? Okay. So here's the question in what other professions, if this behavior was happening, right. Would they ever hire you back in what, in what other professions? <coughs> yeah. Do these things, it's the, they're the untouchables in yeah. society. And I think that's the bigger problem. Right. You have the Ray Rice. You're like, Yeah. Like, why, because it's football, all of a sudden, do we forgive to, to a fault? Because I right. guarantee you, if you were a, a grocery clerk at Vons, you probably wouldn't get but, hired at Lucky's. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Did you say Lucky's? 
Yeah, that is a, that's a throwback. Yeah. You know why? Because they don't exist. I remember going to Lucky's, man. Yeah. Um, but then this then goes back to our sort of one of our places we started is that this is ultimately about power. So by cutting Ray Rice out of the NFL, mm-hmm. I think what's really happening is that the owners are protecting themselves from being able to stay in power. Right? right. They're they're not doing it out of some sort of true moralistic. Thought, right? They're not just saying, like, I can't stand that behavior. Because they have guys on their roster that they know. Right. They probably have a lot of guys on their staff. They probably have friends that, like, they know that. And they're still friends or they still, like, employ other people. So, so it's, it's, it's more about what, what is the minimum amount we have to do yes. to keep Be- this going? Because here's what's, right. here's what's interesting. Uh-huh. And I think part of it, too, is just, like, to be honest, I don't know, likability. Right. Because, because here's what's the thing. So Ray Rice, domestic violence. Excommunicated from the NFL. Des Bryant of the Dallas Cowboys, domestic violence, also charged, found like found guilty. It was like he was abusing like his mom or something like that. Jeez. Um, still playing. He's a starter right. for the Cowboys. So and so you go right. why? And so I guess that this yeah. goes back to my overall theme of of why this and not this. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, that, that that's where it, that's where it gets. You go. Okay, so um, I, I I was listening to this uh, this very topic being discussed, and it gets this this person saying like, "Hey, at the end of the day, is this, I'm not going to stop listening or watching this because I like that. I like it. I not even I like the person. I like the I. So so it was almost like Weinstein needs to be excommunicated because I don't like his films." But the next person that's just like him is right. I like their films, so now I'm torn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm, now I'm torn. It's the it's it's the it's the it's the blood thicker than water thing. It's right. it's all of a sudden you stand for something, and then all of a sudden someone in your inner circles doing you're like, hey man, we really gotta you know we gotta lean in and support, and we gotta help this person through this, or or even I'm gonna look the other way because I really like you. Well, and to I think, Kyle's right, point. and I think that's the even look you look at sort of. It seems really cynical, but you look at the response of to to simplify a whole industry, Hollywood, to the Weinstein thing. Like, obviously, ninety five percent of them are like completely distancing themselves from those people. People are like, "Oh, I knew all along, and I was afraid to not say anything." He was gonna like all this stuff. They're they're distancing themselves, and yet there's very little effort. There is some, but I, there's very little tangible effort that I've seen to guarantee that something like this won't happen again. How far? And, and it's I think because a lot of people that are in they're they're doing it so they can exercise this from them, meaning they can say like well, Weinstein is out while still perpetuating some very similar, if not the same, the same use of power and abuse of power, even if it's not like sexual abuse, sexual abuse right. yeah. on the scale of him of him. Yeah. So they're they're saying like well we've gotten rid of him. It's like it's like. If I have a mouthful of bad teeth and I pull the worst one out, I'm like, no, but my my teeth are fine now. I'm like, no, man, like there's still a bunch of rot in there. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you not taking? You just pulled the worst one out. That doesn't mean you've solved the issue. So I think a lot of it, the same thing with the like the rice thing. Like you choose one person as an example to say, I mean, it's the old it's the old the literal scapegoat, right? Yeah. The tradition is you would <laughs> pile your sins on an animal, send them off into the desert, and that was a scapegoat. Right, mm-hmm. you would literally sacrifice a single thing to absolve the entire community. 
and it's like that doesn't necessarily work. Yeah, yeah. How 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 far pictures and illustrations? (laughs) How far do you guys think an apology should get somebody though? In the case of like sexual harassment, Mm, I I mm, I think I think there has to be a a true consequence. Because yeah. forgiveness, because forgiveness isn't a isn't and doesn't need to be absolution or blind. It's well, not blindness. But uh, but forgiveness is also not based on what they said or their con- the consequence of it. So whether we as a as a culture have decided to forgive Weinstein or not is is a separate question from what should happen to him. Yeah, meaning like that doesn't just because you can forgive somebody doesn't mean that you need to allow them near. Right. And, and allow them to continue to do. I mean, this is why right. year after year, because of human beings, say in the, these professions and in, in all sorts of other professions, this happens as right. well. These yeah. just tend to be the god of our society, right? And mm-hmm. so you go, you go, but there's no true consequences year after year. Mm-hmm. Like if it, it, that's why. What is I think is is it Indonesia or Tahiti or something? Is like you if you still you Indonesia, die Indonesia, or you, yeah. so so the crime rate's pretty low. You get caned. Oh. It's, it's pretty it's yeah. pretty low, uh, and and so I'm not <laughs> suggesting that. I'm just, yeah. I'm what I'm saying is though, if guys knew in the NFL like, hey man, um, if if you're you're bossing drugs, the the drug, like it, it's right. in all of these things is if you got if if you took a drug test. And you have cocaine or whatever in your system, you're fired. That's it. And in mm-hmm. these in these situations, you go, yeah, but it's football. You're like, what? Why is why right. is why are guys in tights the <laughs> the exception? Right. And there's just another there's another guy just as good as Ray Rice. Just get him. Right. Right. Let this guy go work somewhere else. But also, they it, now you're getting into also how do we like how do we as a society. Take that person mm-hmm. and go. Hey, rehabilitation, change. Right. Um, you need to, but no. There's all these other well, people that are like anger management classes, well, and, and you this, need to do this. Well, and then to me, the other thing that strikes me is like there's a there's a real disingenu- disingenuity. Yeah, is that the way you'd say that. Yeah, disingenuity of the demand for the apology and rehabilitation because the rehabilitation. The demand for that is not about the person. It's always about the person asking, right? In in when you see this in popular culture, like if someone is demanding that Weinstein gets reformed or rehabilitated, it's for them. There's no real sense that they care about him. And I'm not saying they should. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I think we should all sort of find empathy for even the worst among us, right? Because they're all ultimately human, right? And that their flaws are our flaws on some level. So if you're gonna ask, like. What I would want for him is like to be truly transformed. Like he really needs to do some soul searching and like find what in himself prompted the behavior. But I don't need that to happen for me. No, I'm fine. I don't need him to be rehabilitated so I can feel better about the world. Right? That's not. And I feel, but I feel like that's so much of this demand for apology and and. But 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 like is this? It's this. It's not about. It's but not just, true forgiveness. It's just like you need to get better for me. Right. Uh-huh. No. Right. Yeah. You, no. It's it's we need to want him to get better because he's human and because right. he's harming other humans. And, and so, right. Yeah. And that's the only way that the system itself is going to be reformed. Would, would is, you? Is would you feel? Would you feel better if he 
about him working in the future if he went to prison? I, no, I don't know. No, because prison's like a pri- prison's not a, not a solution necessarily. Sure, but it. it I think if he will, if he came out tomorrow and said, "You know what? I'm going to accept the fullness of the consequences for my actions, whatever that means." I'm not going to say it means this or this. I'm just going to say whatever happens. I admit to this. I did all of this. This, this, and this. I'll give you the evidence. I'm going to give it to the legal system. Whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. I think I would start to feel better then because well, that well, shows so me he's even willing apologies. to. Not, but that's no, no, no. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. even, even other apologies within like sports and stuff, it's right. kind of like, hey, man, or you know, um, I said this on the Grammys, or you, right. they go, hey, here's what you need to do. Right. You need to go up, you need to apologize, and so now we'll spin it. Right. We'll use it to our benefit. It, it's it's hard to know what's genuine because well, it's very formulaic too. I'm like, gonna say none of it's genuine. Yeah. Because it's all about getting them back on the field, back in the in the room, back well, in the so here's in the so so here's it's, it's funny that we're we're in this because. The other day I was talking to a buddy, and I said, you know, when someone changes, it's not confusing. Right. It's not confusing. You know. Right. You, you know. No. And, and I, have, I, have a, I have so much experience <laughs> with that in, in yeah. seeing someone, I go, just wait. You'll know. You won't have to ask. You won't have to mm. guess. You won't have to wonder. You will know. And this is why even <laughs> I always go, I'll know you loved her when you die. Because, right? Because then I'll know. Because mm-hmm. I won't be asking anymore if you truly love her. Because once you're dead, we'll know. You know, right. you know who I keep, <laughs> well, you know, with that question, you know who I keep thinking back to. It's funny because I'm like not that savvy in like the entertainment world, but I am very. Says the uh, guy who worked has worked like the ESPYs, yeah, and the Grammys, but, and the Oscars. But I much I, I follow much more closely the sports world, yeah, yeah. and I think about like. Um, like Michael Vick, mm-hmm. who is what it was a rare case that you go, man, an NFL superstar is going to prison. Right. Like, yeah. he's going to prison. And I, maybe it's just me, and maybe this is to do with culture and things like that, too. But he was in prison for a couple years. It's like 18 months, something like that. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, like, say this, I'll say this to your question about prison is that was for dogs, right? Yeah. The sad reality is like that he went to prison for dogs. And it, well, over like how many people should be because of what they're doing to humans. Right, right. I love dogs, but, <laughs> but they're not. But they're not humans. <laughs> but they're not humans. Um, and so, and so. But for me, like I and I don't know what this says about me or what I don't know. But so he got out of prison, got a second chance in the NFL, and I, I think, along with most people, went okay. Like, yeah. like in that, like yeah, no, he, you're right. He went to, and I don't know, maybe, yeah, I'd say maybe that's culture rubbing off on me, but I, like, felt better about him going back to the NFL well, after having been, like, in prison. But also, to Travis's point, the way he conducted himself post-prison, it wasn't confusing. Right. Right? He seemed, so I'm not saying that prison would, I'm saying, what yeah. I'm saying is prison doesn't it's automatically, an option. it doesn't <laughs> automatically guarantee that he comes out of that process. Right. Thinking differently or behaving differently, but he's definitely not dogfighting anymore. That's no. I mean, I'm talking about Weinstein. Like, <laughs> okay, obviously, right. there was something that happened with Vic in, in the, through the whole experience that profoundly changed him. It right. seems right? right. Again, I don't know the man personally, but it just seems like it did. From what the fans can see, right? And what what and you know, obviously, it seemed very different. But and and so maybe that's the maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's the rock bottom that Weinstein needs to change. Because mm-hmm. again, all of this for me is less about. Whether he ever produces another movie again, I don't really care about that. Right. The the question for me is: Are we gonna get one more person, one more human being, 
on a different track than the one they were on, mm. right? That to me is the more important yeah, question. Yeah, abs- right? I don't absolutely. I don't ultimately care about his career. About like he could lose it all. It has no impact on my life. But as a person on Earth, as someone who participates in this strange thing we're calling life, um, I want one more person to start to be better. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That 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 would be <laughs> Keith is just giving a TED talk right now. <laughs> I know. Give him eighteen minutes. Um, he. Uh, it's it's why you have celebrities who should be in jail, but they go before a judge, and they go, you know, the the prisons they're crowded, right? Um, so we're gonna let you go, right? We're gonna fine you an insignificant number because it's not gonna touch your bank account, and this is just the way power in a, right. in a if you will in a broken kind of messed up right. world that we all have, yeah. we are all part of, and we all do little things. Mm-hmm. But it just continues to go. You know what? It is a. It is a, It's a question of power right. and what you what you'll do with with your power. Right. Because the other option is okay. He goes to jail. Right? Say his he he can afford a a really good legal team, and they get him off on the smallest of charges, and he goes to some club med prison, and he has enough money to you know, have all this luxury in the like. What have we done? We've just sent him to a slightly less nice resort than he's used to. Yes. Right? What have we really done with him? So to me, that there is there is there is something to be said about the, the legal and justice system in, in the United States and its ability or its inability to do something, right? To to rehabilitate someone. I, I'm not someone who subscribes to the fact that prison guarantees someone a change of heart. In sure. fact, there's statistics that show regularly it goes the other way. No, yeah, because right. so that's, it's like because prisons don't even get yeah. prisons yeah. are a business, which is a so. whole other topic we could talk about. Yeah, let me so. let, <laughs> let me let me kind of give my my final thoughts here on what what this is. The um, so Max Landis, I don't know if you guys know who he is. He wrote super a uh, couple uh, some Superman comics for DC, and he wrote Chronicle that Josh Trank directed. And we, um, we do not know this Bright. Part. So he wrote Bright, the n- recent Netflix I film. I watched that. And, okay, so recently he has been accused of sexual harassment. Now that his name is is like out there in the news right now, so do you guys? I have two questions. Do you guys think that you know we should wait before we jump on this bandwagon? Do you think that we should wait till it's proven that somebody has sexually harassed somebody? Because you have all these people seeking attention, and do you think that this bit, all the, like this sexual harassment movement or anti-sexual harassment movement <laughs> is going to really change anything? I. I get here's here's what happens is sometimes when you see when you see sexual harassment <coughs> accusations popping up really quickly, the 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 skeptical part of me wants to go, well you know like you want to go are people just doing this to like get attention and then I think that's very dangerous because I right, go because yeah. then I go but like as as much as part of me wants to like wonder that I can't that would then be like me taking the side of the possible. Uh, accused, and I think, and and I quickly realized, like, yeah, you can't think like that. You have to, like, I think, I think what is more likely is that one person has brought something to light, and more people are now feeling comfortable to do it. Well, and then here's my other, yeah, here's my thought on that is um, until uh, so situations like this rarely happen between two groups that are in equal amounts of power. 
Um, so the people who are accusing and the people who are accused are on unequal yes. levels of power. Like in every time. Almost every time, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously there are certain cases where it's not. But just generally speaking... The, Even these, if it's, it's, a, a, it's an issue of physicality. Right, right. Abuse tends to only... Not always, but it tends to, majority of the time, cross from someone in power to those someone not in power. So until, And from, usually from men to women. And usually from men to women. And so until the group who is accusing... Who has been in a historical position of lesser power has some sort of equanimity brought to their to their group, right? So in this case, until women as a group are allowed to have as much equal power as they can to men, I am always going to err on the side of letting them speak first, right? Because they have historically been kept from speaking in ways that are unimaginable to me. Sure. So I, I am not in a position to say, let's wait to see where the facts lie out. That doesn't mean that I'm going to automatically say legally that that guy is a sexual assault, sexually assault, sexual harassment, right, rapist, right. whatever. But initial Because that's a, that's a different question, but I'm just not going to say, we're going to wait. I'm going to say, you get to, you get to say, you as the accuser get to say your piece. Mm-hmm. You get to say what you need to say. And if it turns out that it's false, that's going to come back on them anyway, right? We've seen that happen, right? The, Absolutely. The, famous, the most famous case is the Duke lacrosse team, right? They, those men were exonerated because the woman came out that she... There was obviously lots to it. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but yep. came out that what she said they did, they didn't actually do. And that came out. But to say that we're, not go, we're going to stay, take a step back and wait until the facts come out is only something that I, mm-hmm. as a person in power, get to say. Because the facts and the system will always favor me mm-hmm. until it right. changes. So until yeah. the system changes to not always favor me, I'm not going to be the one that says, I'm not going to listen to you. Dang, Keith. Nice. That's a good, that's a good, yeah. that's a good landing. Yeah. <laughs> I think we did it. Amen. I got nothing to say after <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Um, uh, this is when are we gonna, this one's coming out soon, right? Yeah, this will be up on Monday. You can find it on Podbean, iTunes, uh, Google Play. We're up on Stitcher now, um, podcast.com, and podcasting outlets around the globe. And Do we have a MySpace? <laughs> As always, follow us on we Twitter can. at what about no at w a t underscore podcast and Facebook. Like, uh, and follow us on Facebook. Yeah. Yes. All right. Thanks, guys. We out there. Frank here from Super BS, talking about the things you know you love and the things you'd love to know. Join us weekly for a podcast about video games. Mostly. Oh, yeah.